JT Smith back again for a special TFON podcast. I have a special guest. You know, it is rivalry, rivalry, reek. I can't even speak. Sorry. So excited that the Bearcats are playing UCF. And I have Andrew Glukov of Black and Gold Banneret of the SB Nation. This guy covers the UCF Knights, covers the games just like me. Um, real fan perspective, real media perspective. He's here live with me. And Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I mean, I can't complain, man. So I greatly appreciate you being on the pod with me. Um, I talk a lot of stuff. Um, it's fun to me. This is great. And to have somebody from the UCF perspective, especially with this game, it means a lot to me. Um, and this game means a lot to the Bearcats. And I, I, I would say it means a lot to UCF because the last five, you know, some games have been pretty bad. Um, but as of late, um, a lot of games good. have been pretty good, pretty interesting, right? And I feel like this is a natural rivalry um, that's just been organically grown, and it's just um, something that everybody looks forward to, especially in the AAC and, and possibly in the Big 12 soon. So um, we'll get into it, man. But thanks for, for being on the pod today. Thank you for having me. No problem. So, man, we'll get, we'll get right into it, man. You guys have a ton of injuries coming Oof. into this game. Uh, just... Let Bearcat Nation know, like, what, what kind of match unit is coming to Nippert Stadium oh, on Saturday. Man. I mean, half the guys are holed up in a hospital somewhere. <laughs> Coach Gus Melzon said in the press conference after uh, last week against, against East Carolina that he's never had a team that's dealt with it, this many injuries. Your starting quarterback's been out. Your starting running back's been out. Your top wide receiver's been out. Uh, you had a linebacker that missed a, a couple games top defensive lineman is now out for the year. Yeah. Uh, you missed a lot. Uh, your, your all conference center was missing for a game and change. I, it, it's bad. <laughs> uh, you know, there are a couple other guys on the two deep rotation have been out on, on, on defense. Oh, wow. And I'm hearing that there could be more, you know, dinged up guys on the way that may not play. I mean, it's, it's rough. This is, you know, we, we thought this would be a transition year in yeah. Orlando with you know being competitive but maybe not you know winning it all but now it's it's going into full-on development mode at this point so going against you know all these injuries coming against UC right now UC is a buzzsaw I mean do you be modest yeah I'm, I'm trying <laughs> they're buzzsaw they're hot they're playing all three phrases strongly um what do you think for UCF to have a chance on Saturday what has to happen, uh, especially with all the injuries, but what has to happen? What, what, what um, phase of the game would they have to dominate or just shock the Bearcats with that possibly still a win on Saturday? Well, I think it's going to be a case of UCF's offense versus Cincinnati's defense because Cincinnati's defense is just absolutely relentless. Yeah. UCF's offense has struggled a lot uh, since Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback, went down with a broken collarbone at the end of the game against Louisville. Uh, true freshman Mikey Keene stepped in, uh, looks like a true freshman, obviously wasn't meant to play meaningful time at this point in his career, but, you know, here we are, you know, and the starting running back, Isaiah Bowser, who is a bruiser running back, has been out since partway through that Louisville game. Uh, that was a very physical game, a lot of injuries, and as a result, UCF lacks size in the running back category. They have a lot of speed, but they don't have size, mm. and I can see Cincinnati, who ran a you know a three three five against UCF in, year, in the last couple of years, 
changing it up a bit, bring an extra guy down on the line, you know, put seven in the box because uh, Mikey Keene throws more underneath, you know, short to medium range, doesn't have the touch, the chemistry, and the timing to make those deep passes yet. Uh, he will eventually, but, you know, as a true freshman, you know, kind of what you see is what you get at this point, and you don't get those fine nuances. So I, I think UCF's going to have to establish the running game. Uh, they're going to have to get Johnny Richardson to the outside. It's a very fast, small runner, but when he gets to the outside, he can get a lot of yardage because he's got he's got an extra gear and speed, and not many guys are going to catch him. But part mm-hmm. of his own problem is his speed has gotten away from him, and he's actually tripped himself. Oh wow! Where he outruns <laughs> his own legs, and it's happened a few times. So wow. they're basically going to have to play mistake-free ball. Uh, basically, bowl a, per, a perfect a perfect three hundred on offense to to match up against that defense. Now, on the other side, UCF has historically struggled against dual threat quarterbacks, and Desmond Ritter is a dual threat quarterback. He hasn't had to run the ball much this year because I know he's focusing on passing and showing that he's got the accuracy to play in the NFL. He's working on that, yep. and, and I think with UCF's defensive backfield being much maligned this year despite last week being a a real shot in the arm they looked outstanding last week yeah Uh, the question is which defensive backfield are you going to get you're going to get the one that has looked bad for the last year and a half or one that shut down and and kept uh holden aylers from east carolina in check Uh, they're going to need that and then you have the you know obviously the linebackers are going to have to keep an eye on, on ritter and his ability to to tuck it and run you have ford you know who's a a a tough running back but i I think this is going to be decided uh on ucf's offensive side more so than ucf's defensive side so so you're saying for them to have a chance they have to be able to score a lot of points they're going to put points up and before the injuries yeah they could do it i mean they still average 40 points a game but that's That's average they haven't really they, they scored 20 last week. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that average is – it's coming down. Yeah, <laughs> sure, for sure. All right, so it was a big article today. We talked about it before. But the guy from SI on, that covers um, UCF said they should throw at <laughs> Sauce Gardner. No. Now, now like, no. do you think is – that, is that a recipe for success no. for a malign team right now? A terrible idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, Sauce is a first-round talent. I mean, he, you know, once you add the rest of the season, the combine, and your pro day, he could be the first cornerback taken off the board. Uh, he's just that good. I mean, he's as about as shut down as you get. You don't attack him. No, you you attack the other guys and make him move around. Yeah, and then go where he's not. If you want to attack him, you run the ball towards him and make him have to tackle. Yeah, that's how you attack. But you don't you don't throw the ball towards. Him, I guarantee you that that that's just silly. Yeah. I mean, uh, I but the thing is, you got great defensive talent all over. I mean, you've got Bush, you've got Bryant, you have Pace. I mean, these guys. Yeah. You know, Bush is is uh, a deflection machine. Yeah. So is so is Bryant, you know, and and Deshaun Pace, you know, the linebackers just all over the field. And yeah. This is really there's there's not really a weak spot on this team, and that that's what makes it so dangerous for UCF's offense. Yeah, it's accurate, man. That's super accurate. Um, like Bush and Bryant don't. Get, I mean, Bryant gets a little bit more love because he's a senior. He's a super senior. 
but Bush is kind of the guy that gets the most work because they really don't throw towards sauce. I mean, they might throw to the side three, two to three times tops. And then Brian gets the other, they might try to take a chance here and there, but then Bush is getting so many targets when the game is on the line, not on the line, but when it's live wire or live fire and um, he's holding he his own, plays. he makes plays, he makes his plays. Like they might get a few yards here and there, but they have to throw it his way. And it's like, but he's, he's a, he's a dog. He's a heck of a player, but that's crazy that the defense, like me being a person that's covered this team from 2014, seeing that somebody like Arquan Bush is the one getting picked on where when I first start covering a team, he would have been the QB, I mean, quarterback, not quarterback, the cornerback number one for sure. And now he's three in the slot and then they're trying to pick on him where, you know, years in the past, they would probably wouldn't have threw his way or been like shot away. It's just crazy that much talent that they have. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. But we'll, we'll get to predictions at the end of the show. So we'll get to that. But uh, uh, we'll, I want to talk about, ask you this question because me my last podcast i had my uh my guy cam on and we 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 we've labeled gus malzahn you guys as tuberville so i mean i i'm sorry but i i, I just see he i see him as you guys as tuberville um but how do you feel like we had this conversation pre previously but um how do you feel um you guys are where do you think gus is going to take you take you well, I don't, I don't think he's as disingenuous as Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> I mean, he's a used car salesman. Uh, That's snake true. oil to the extreme. I can't uh, argue that. Uh, you just look at him. I mean, he just looks sleazy. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I never was a Tuberville fan. Of course, my sister went to Alabama. I didn't like anything about him. Okay. Okay. That's uh, fair. That's fair. I can't, I, I will not defend him. So it, you can <laughs> take all the shots you want. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Let's look at, but, but Gail smiles on, I, you know, he's actually coached against UCF multiple times. Uh, he did it when he was at Tulsa as offensive coordinator in 2007 and 2008. Right. Uh, he did it when he was at Auburn in yeah. 17 at the Peach Bowl. So he actually got to, to see the school in action. And, and one thing that people forget is Auburn paid him $21 million to not coach with zero offset language. So it didn't matter if he was coached or not. He got that full chunk of change. I mean, I, that's insane. It is insane. What, and and the truth is, you know, it was when you get to that, you know, schools like that that have a lot of this old money, you know, the boosters start talking, <laughs> they start meddling. And I think that caused a lot of his misery because part of him seemed happy to leave. Yeah. Uh, if you believe that. Yeah. Now, what brought him over and just made it because he said he was originally going to take a year off. Okay. But Terry Mohajer was brought in as the new athletic director. He was the athletic director at Arkansas State. And in, in, he was hired in 2012. Okay. Who was the coach at the time? Gus Melzahn. He had a one-year stint there before he moved to Auburn. Yeah. So they knew each other. And that was the first call that Mohajer made was to Gus and say, hey, you interested? And, you know, we've seen what UCF has done, you know, with, with Scott Frost, uh, you know, carried over to, to Josh Heupel. We've seen that they could hit pretty much the top with George O'Leary as well. Yeah. So, you know, three different years, three different, you know, near undefeated runs, uh, or in one case, one undefeated run. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're in Orlando, Florida, which is the heart, you know, the middle of the state of a recruiting hotbed. What's not to like, 
Yeah. And, and then you add in this big 12 thing on top. I mean, that's just gravy. And no one expected that the way to play out the way it did. But boy, it was being in the right place at the right time. Mm. Uh, George O'Leary, when he came to UCF, ended up staying for uh, over 10 years. And he, he had opportunities to leave and said, you know, I don't want to go anywhere else. I, I think Mozan's not planning on going anywhere. Uh, he has nothing to prove. Yeah. And sure. with UCF moving up in stature, I mean, it only just makes – Orlando a more attractive place as it is yeah can't argue that you gave a lot of quality points man so I'm, I'm keep an eye on that because if if it goes south not far as like him moving or anything like that but just like if you guys don't you know injuries have killed you guys this year I, I can honestly say that oh it's um, been rough <laughs> yeah because I definitely thought this game was going to be a top 25 battle I still believe the Bearcats, I mean, just this team is just so loaded, um, just seeing them build and build and recruit and stuff. I just thought it was going to be tough for you guys to compete this year, even with a healthy team. But when you guys had a healthy team, I thought you guys still had. They put on points. That's what yeah, they would do. They put yeah, on exactly. Because with Dylan, I mean, you still can't count them out. You know what I mean? With all the, all the talent you guys had, I was like, hey, it might be one of those games where it's 28th of, 42 or something like that or you know what I mean just because our defense is so strong but mm -hmm. but Dylan still has a thrower's chance to make something happen um I can't discount him on that so but you know him not being not playing it makes it a little different but the entire complex of this game is completely changed 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 because honestly I believe if Dylan just doesn't get hurt and you guys are playing normal I believe we get game day on Saturday first so like now they're at because they're at um georgia for the like fifth time this year georgia uk game if it had been I at expect, uk i've been cool but i expect cincinnati smu to be the target now i hope hope that happens we need smu to be like keep winning like I seriously think, they got a, a great uh great quarterback in uh malachi and uh yeah uh, i mean they're they look they look good they look yeah. real good i mean so i actually had in my preseason, uh, I'll, I'll roll this in the banneret, you know, decide, you know, who, yeah. every game who wins. I have SMU in Cincinnati in my title game, and that was with Dylan Gabriel still as oh, wow. quarterback. Wow. Uh, just because of how the defense was in 2020. Yeah. And it's going to take time for, for Melzon to be able to make wholesale changes like that. For sure. But, I mean, that, that Mustang team, uh, definitely keep an eye on that one on the schedule. Yeah, that's the one. That's, that's the game I have circled. Um the, the road game I had circled was Tulane, but Tulane's like not performed like I expected this year. But they're, but they're, they're, they're still, but they're dangerous though. Like they're a team that can be hot and they can score 30 some points. And you're like, dang, you know what I mean? But who knows? I don't think Oklahoma is good at all this year. So they're there's full that. Gold. Yeah, definitely. They're like the luckiest team um, <laughs> in, in college football right now. They should have lost like three or four games already. It should be like 500 tops. Um, but, hey, that's neither here nor there. I'll sound like a hater, but I'll watch the games. So. <laughs> You're not wrong. I yeah. mean, they, they, they squeezed by Tulane. They, yeah. they squeezed by Texas, and they came back and then just like yeah. pulled, yeah. You know, pulled you know the victories from the jaws of defeat. I mean, yeah. it was – they should have lost to West Virginia. Like, West Virginia, like, I, I know some inside stuff on West Virginia, and, like, they have, like, so much talent, but I'm hearing they don't they don't play the talent. That's it's pretty kinda much like, it. Uh, kind of like how that was on their Dana Holgerson. Yeah. It's now hanging out in, in Houston. Houston, yep. 
Houston kicking it. So, all right. So I have like some off-brand questions too. So, sure. but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the Big Twelve. We'll, we'll get that. We're gonna. That's the main thing. So, Big Twelve. How happy are you as a person that covers the team that now you'll have like the quality of programs on a consistent weekly basis? Like how, uh, well, how happy are you? I mean, Kansas football will kind of write that up. Well, let's pretend yeah, they don't that, exist. Yeah, I guess that's our that's the ECU per se, maybe. Uh, or is I was it... thinking more like the Temple or South Florida. I mean South, South Florida had a yeah, Kansas had a good run for a while with our Mark Mangino back in like like 15 years ago. Yeah, might have been like back when they had Tlaib in them, maybe. Would that be before like 2008 or something? Yeah. They had a, a, a good year or two. Maybe. But I feel but like, I, yeah, they, they their football sucks. Their football got, sucks, though. Yeah, they've got a great coach, Lance Leopold, who's going to end up in the College Football Hall of Fame, guaranteed okay. for the work he's done in Division Three. Okay. Uh, he did great work at Buffalo, making them um, go to new heights as far as, you know, they've always been kind of a fledgling mac program yeah and and he's put success there if anyone can do it it's him but boy does he have the work cut out for uh, yeah time. yeah especially with all the off the field stuff that that hit last miles and the athletic director yeah i mean, it's gonna take time but you know if anyone's gonna do it it's him but i i'm I, i'm thrilled uh moving you know you when i started at ucf i must i, I graduated from there uh, UCF was an independent in football and played in the Atlantic Sun for their Olympic sports. Wow! Boy, have things changed. Jeez, yeah. I've seen I didn't even know from, that. From the Atlantic <laughs> Sun to CUSA to the Americans to Big Twelve, nice. and and fun fact: UCF is the only FBS school to have gone from D three, D two, FCS, FBS. Mm. Um, others have either like either jump somewhere or come in for the NAIA, but yeah. none except them have actually gone through all four. Oh, wow. And, wow. and they're a young program. You know, UCF started football in 1979 and, and grew from there. So I, to go from zero to hero in a, in a <laughs> very short period, I, yeah. just shows the Florida effect. Yeah. And I think it's great for the big 12 conference. You know, this should have happened. They should have expanded in 2016 when they did yes. that dog and pony oh, show. That was, was just absolutely uh, halting. Yeah. Uh, they they basically insulted the schools that they brought out there and like pretending like they were serious. And then they took like $100,000 per school to not, to not yeah. expand. I mean, it was yeah. dumb. Yeah, it was terrible. And that's, uh, that's what got imagine, them burnt. Imagine Memphis, UCF, Cincinnati and insert school name here, maybe someone yeah. out west, was it Colorado Houston? State. Was it Houston, Houston that was one of them? Houston, Houston was one, one of them, of them but right? They, they had some issues with uh, with some of the Big 12 schools. They've since kissed and made up. Yeah. Uh, obviously. For but sure, right? If those four schools joined five years earlier. Yeah. I We would have a very different you know, view uh, and, and feel of, of these programs, they would have gotten the infused capital that they these schools need, they need to, yeah. to compete. Exactly. I mean, you know, both schools are, are investing a lot. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, I know Cincinnati had to cut, you know, a, a couple sports because yeah. of COVID. They probably wouldn't have had to. Yeah, uh, for sure. would have been, you know, UCF already it. had the minimum on, on men's sports. They, they didn't have to cut. They, they were lucky. Yeah. In fact, it took the buyout of Danny White and Josh Heupel that put them from the red to the black. Oh, okay. Year, so they they actually got very lucky. But oh, that would have made such a difference in the world that these schools got in when oh, they for should. Sure. Have. For but sure. Now that, but you know, I mean, you can't cry over it. 
now yeah. we've got something looking forward to. I, I, you probably agree. They're probably going to end up in 2023. They'll probably negotiate a slightly larger buyout yep. to, to get it. What probably won't be a huge difference. Maybe, you know, go from 10 to 12 or 13 million yeah. to, to make that, that earlier jump. Yeah. And, and while they're not going to get full shares until 2025, that's still two, three times more money than they got in the American side. Exactly. Give me a half share. I'm thrilled. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, this, I mean, this is a huge, huge thing. I'll, I'll speak on, on our, our behalf. Game changer. We're in the same thing. Like, we're in the same boat. Like, um, you know, I don't, because you guys weren't in the Big East, though, right? You were in the Conference USA, and then you guys hey, came over to UCF, AAC, right? UCF joined, uh, was invited by the Big East uh, in 2011 to join in 2013, and that was right before it. All oh, happened because you guys were going to come like because wasn't Boise State and TCU were supposed to come originally? Boise right? State, San Diego State, State. TCU already yeah. built for the Big Twelve. Yep. And then yep. once other schools, once uh Pitt, oh no, sorry, uh, once Louisville and Rutgers jumped, yeah. and they start bringing in Tulane and East Carolina, and then yeah, the Catholic everyone's like done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it yeah. just fell apart. From it there. fell apart. Yep, yep. But I, I feel like the. I feel like the commissioner didn't sign the deal with ESPN fast enough, and then the buyout. Sign it at all. He didn't, yeah, the but it was on the table. He he wanted more, and they burnt them because the the buyout was like five or seven million, wasn't it? It was something like uh, real low, it, right? It, it, well, the the original deal, which this is back when TCU was still in the picture. Yeah, ESPN presented it of you have TCU join and you bring in UCF, so you have ten members. Yeah, uh, they were going to get like ten or twelve million dollars a year, which was pretty good at yeah. the time. At time, yeah, and. Uh, Brett McMurphy has gone on the record and said that South Florida President Junie Genshaft was the reason why it all fell apart. Wow. Uh, because she didn't want UCF in. And, you know, I, I don't want to kind of make it a UCF-centered universe, but he's yeah. gone on the record. And other writers have gone on the record and said, yeah, that's what happened. Wow. And there was, a, a, there was a general understanding with the other presidents that if one was objected, that the others would object. Yeah. And... Once that deal was turned down and they saw the the Big 12, not the Big 12, the Pac-12 make, you know, a, a larger deal, they thought they could do better. And then Pitt and Syracuse pulled the rug out. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. Down yep. from there. Yep. So they ended up that, with a deal that paid about $2 million a year. Exactly. So it's like, get the, sign the deal. Even if those teams leave, at least you're in a better place, right? Like, mm -hmm. imagine now, like, you know, we, we're not making that much now. <laughs> so just imagine yeah, that deal would have been that have been what 10 years ago right yeah it was, it was an average of about seven now yeah with uconn leaving yeah I, I still you know cincinnati you know south florida and and uconn man they took some big hits you know big, going huge. from big east to aac money that, yeah that's tough especially tough. When you, you know the big 12 schools are gonna some of them are gonna have to swallow a little bit of, of pride and, and tighten up their budgets because they're probably gonna lose some yeah, the old contract and the new contract, which obviously we don't know where it's going to be, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be lower than the old contract. Yeah, you have Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, for sure. But with us, you know, with us, we're like, hey, every anything's a win for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, just keep it in the twenties. Like we're like, yes, yes. Oh but, yeah, uh, I, mean, I you know. It's, but it'll definitely for, be for solid. the poor guys. This is this is you know we're, we're making it big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like getting a new suit, right? <laughs> like like now they got to shop at the clearance rack. We're like, hey, let's go. Let's 
go look over here now. But hey, I'm uh, buying a new car. It's a Kia. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We can go get what we want now. Get that sunroof. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, so it, it's it's great. I, I mean, I'm super excited about it. Um, I thought this day never would come. And then, like with Cincinnati, we were like so like. Every, you hear all this good stuff, you, you, you're vetting all these reports and rumors, you're like, man, it sounds legit, but you don't want to get too excited because as yeah. soon as you get excited, the rug gets pulled from under you. So <laughs> so we're like, okay, they're like, you know, you get to a point where they're like, hey, don't ask them about the Big 12. Like, oh, we can't even talk about the Big 12. Rule one it's, of it's, Big 12, you don't talk, talk about, about Big it. 12. But like they started they making it like, yeah, so it was crazy. So I was like, oh, not, we can't ask about it then. It's we didn't serious. Believe it's, it was really going to happen. I yeah. Know. We, we thought this was all a joke. We yeah. Like, Texas, I was, Oklahoma, go to the SEC. What? Yeah. Yeah. The first time I heard that, I was like, what? What? Why would they do that? Because that, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma pretty much blackballed us from the beginning. So it was like, man, are they, oh, are yeah. they lying to us? Because, you know what I mean? They control the conference. And that's why they're in this situation. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you just like, hey, be proactive. Don't listen. I mean, you got to be proactive. proactive. You're a funny guy. Yeah, I know, right? They were reactive, (laughs) but I'm glad that we were, I'm glad we were able to benefit from the reaction because like, Mm -hmm. I feel uh, the team, like, even though like, I don't, I mean, I'm happy that we're not, we're on the inside looking out now, (laughs) but I kind of feel bad for Memphis, like as the team. I think Memphis's time will come. Uh, They kind of hinted that their expansion may not be over. There may be a second round. I think it's going to be Boise State and Memphis. That's what I think. Memphis too. is the is the one left behind. Yeah. Uh, it was really a toss-up between them and Houston for you know who's the better athletic program. Houston gets the benefit of location. Uh, they yeah. need to make up for that Texas loss. And and they put the money into the to their oh, program. They before. got some big dollar backers in, in they Houston. put the money in. They were already ahead. That's the thing. Like Memphis is kind of I'm I'm pretty sure they're probably doing stuff now or about to do the upgrades, but I heard they haven't done any upgrades on their facilities. That's why I, I mean think. they got a good basketball arena, but that's true. They, they got to do something about their football stadium. They got Liberty to Liberty Bowls and Aging Stadium, which yes. is way off campusing. When I was going to UCF, they played at the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, it's a twenty minute drive. There was you know a crack dealer outside. <laughs> I, it was not a great part of town. Mm. Uh, so and the the fact that you know UCF built an on campus stadium, opened it in two thousand seven, was probably the biggest thing that could have happened to that program. Yeah, they changed it overnight. Yeah, you know. 2006 losing season 2007 conference their first conference championship wow. and uh you know as you, know? you know with 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 nippert stadium there's no place like home yeah for sure it's like it's right there i mean where nippert it's like literally you you can walk like you go to class you can walk through nippert like it's that it's attached. right there it's that attached like you literally like, oh you're on one side of campus you walk through you can walk through nippert you can walk through and you walk, you're going by the baseball field you're going by fifth third arena you know what i mean like you can possibly walk by the track area soccer area like it's all there um and then what i'm glad that they remodeled fifth third because fifth third before they um the basketball arena was three thumbs down you know what i mean before Ooh. they did the upgrade it, i mean trust me like it, it was parts it will it would it was definitely great for the sound they had a lot of seats but they had a lot of blind spots. So like even on the media, if you're, if you're in an overflow, if it's a real big game and it's close to the end, like essentially if you're on this side, you know, like say you're facing me, right? You're facing, you're on the court. If you go to that far corner, I would have to li- literally get up and go like 
tip over to the table to be able to see the play <laughs> because the sight the sight lines were terrible, terrible. But now, you know, they they did that and it, it was huge. Um, redoing Nipper was huge. They may have to add some more seats possibly with the um, Big Twelve, but I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, that, they can raise it up. That, they can raise it. That's one of the challenges, you know, having that that yeah. lock that landlocked stadium. Yeah, you know, it's great from a sound standpoint because it bounces off all the buildings and everything. Yeah. But you definitely have an expandability issue. I, I think Nippert may be the smallest or second smallest yeah. in the new Big Twelve. Yeah, you know, I think they can do it. Big. They can do it. It just have it's gonna be not gonna be. Easy. They, I don't think it's it's not as bad. Like if I, I can see it, like every time I go to a game, I know where they can do it. They just have to do it. Like they, if they have they, like a second an, an extra deck that kind of hangs a little bit over the first deck. You know what I mean? That they can do two things. They can either one, it's a spot, like it's a spot between like the the media box and like it's like kind of like a student, it's not the student section, but it's like a little box section. They can add seats there. I don't know how much that would be, but it's the section, second section that they added when they did the remodeling and stuff. They can put a third section, and that will probably add about five to maybe even more, honestly, they can make it higher and probably add their 10 and then kind of bring it over closer to the student section. I think 45, 50,000 is the magic number. Yeah. I think, I think they can, they can definitely get the 45 easy. I think if they want, I think the, the 50 would take a little bit more, like a little bit more haggling a little bit, but I think <laughs> they can, but they can do it. Cause the only thing is they would have to cover they could possibly cover some of a building and I think they'll be fine. Like just mm -hmm. pretty much do like half of the student section, but make it like another section per se. Right. And it would be I, fine. I gotcha. But it, cause it's there, it's nothing where you have to tear anything down. I think it's easy where you can just embed it into the stadium. And I'm pretty sure engineers are smart enough to be able to make that happen. I'm just, That's why they get I can paid see the big bucks. It. Exactly. <laughs> like if I can think about this on a normal day, they should be able to make it work. But I think we can get to 50, like between 48 and 52. That would, be, that would be like the sweet spot. Cause yeah. if you look at the big 12 stadiums, that's yeah. generally where most of them are is between, you know, 45 to 50 to 55. Cause really yeah. mostly yeah. I think there's one or two that are bigger. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, that's generally the happy medium. And with the, the paradigm shift in football attendance yeah you don't need bigger than that yeah you that, don't that would Not, cover all your bases exactly exactly if they want to get like fancier they can expand expand on the media boxes and that can help some of it too like or the, just the press put in, yeah, you just yeah. you put in nicer seats seats you know, yeah make they the can do it a little bit nicer they can do uh, it one it's of cost them i'd love i'd love to see them do at the bounce house down down in orlando is is upgrade the seating yeah you know, they have some premium stuff uh, uh, in the middle thirties, but you yeah. know, the, the outers it's, it's bleacher seats and, you know, yeah, it gets a little, gets a little sore after sitting for a few yeah, hours. Yeah. They got to, yeah. They want to spend some money, but it's doable. I I, I got faith in them. They're going to make it work. I think it's, it's a marathon, happen. not a sprint. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to happen. A few years we'll be like, Oh dang, look at all this stuff they did. Um, in a few years we're going to be like expecting, Oh, TCU again. All right. Bring them on. Let's yeah, exactly. Oklahoma state. Yep. Yeah. Come again. on. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be, going to be interesting. Gonna meet a lot, not a lot of new media friends, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> some we'll like, the, some we won't. <laughs> the big question is: Is the Big Twelve gonna go east-west or north-south? Good question. 
because it can go either way. I hope it's east west because I, I, you know, I want UCF Cincinnati to play every year. I'm an Ohio boy myself. You know, yeah, I want, that. I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that for sure. I want I, that. For I sure. want to keep the, that connection. To, I want that. To my home I need, state. I need that. I need them playing against West Virginia consistently. Oh, I need, I need that's that. a natural rivalry right there. Uh, there's, it's, there's it's built in. Hate. It's built in. Like, there's so you got to do it. There. Built in. It's, it's embedded. So, like, you got to gotta roll with that. I think so, you guys will have West Virginia regardless whether it's north, south, east, yeah. west. Yeah. Shoot. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so, man. So, all right. So, we're going to get into – talked about the Big 12, talked about miles on injuries, the rivalry building up in general. Um, got to love everything. it. Got to love so it. So healthy. It's health, yeah, exactly. Because it's, I, I mean, yeah. I think this is our time to get our because five years ago was it maybe four, no five, maybe last maybe four or five. I remember one game y'all came to Nipper Stadium. It was a three quarter game. Y'all beat us so bad. <laughs> All right, so it was a game I didn't cover. Right, I, I was just I like, they actually have that on a <laughs> file on my computer. <laughs> game was so bad, so it was terrible. Right, and I knew it was gonna be bad before. Like it, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna sit this one out. <laughs> I just like I'm not, and I knew the weather was gonna be iffy, so I was like, I'm not even gonna go this this one. And it was just the writing was on the wall. And I think you beat us like fifty six to ten. I mean, it was like something like that, but weather but it was came like, and, and the game never, they, there was never. A you still had twenty quarter. minutes left, though. You guys still had twenty minutes. I want to yeah, say yeah, they never left. even got to the fourth quarter. I was like, no. you know what? This game's decided. Yeah, let's it was just, like let's over. Let's just go home. It's over. So I feel like this is our chance to possibly give a game similar to that. That's what uh, I no, there's no better cha- time than now. I mean, you've got. <laughs> I think this the is best our time. Cincinnati team that I have ever seen that yeah. most people have ever seen yeah. against a UCF squad that you've got a true freshman at quarterback because yeah. half your team is stuck, <laughs> hold up somewhere, healing from injuries. Uh, this is the perfect time. And, and, I, and I've said this on the Black and Gold Bannerette podcast, yeah. uh, which comes out tomorrow. Nice, nice. Uh, or both our podcasts coming out tomorrow. Nice. I'm, yeah, I'm having I'm it in the morning. Coming out, nice. coming, out thir- coming out Thursday. Thursday, yep, Thursday, yep. <laughs> Boom. Uh, we'll, re- re- you know, we'll retweet them. All right. Desmond Ritter was quoted saying he remembers that game very yes. well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, fans remember that game very well. UCF's going to be in probably the most hostile environment they'll be in all year because of it. Uh, Cincinnati fans and players are out for blood. They are out for blood. They, yeah. they want to embarrass UCF. Uh, you got 17 game. You had the 18 game on college game day, primetime ABC. Smacked and despite the, the great start by Cincinnati, UCF ran them off the field. Oh, yeah, they smacked. Uh, it, that was, was, it was a beatdown. The showed, score was, was closer than the game actually was. Oh, for sure. For, for sure. That they, game showed. And they remember it. It showed where the Bearcats needed to get. That game was like, okay, we're good, but we're not that good. And uh, we saw it on the field. It was like, dang, they, these guys are physically beating the Tarot out of us. You know? <laughs> I, it was it was you know Cincinnati just wasn't to that level, and so yeah. uh, one of the benefits that Cincinnati's had that UCF has not had is coaching continuity. And yeah, losing Freeman uh, from the defensive side hurts, but I mean having a head coach in Luke Fickle that just doesn't want to go anywhere. I, I remember that with Georgia Leary at, at UCF. There's something really special about a guy who doesn't want to leave, and you know. 
you know, fickle as blue collar Ohioan all the way. That he loves where he's at. They don't want the fancy stuff. They they like what they're doing and how they're doing it, where they're doing it. And you know, with the move to the Big Twelve, I think it makes it that much easier for him to be held on to. They they yeah. know that positive change is coming. You know, yeah. aside from the money aspect, there's a perception aspect that's going to go along with it. You know, as a group of five. Yeah. No yeah. one takes G five schools seriously. I mean, Cincinnati got absolutely hosed in the in the rankings last year. I'm yeah, sorry, for sure. they yeah. they should have been higher. Yeah, maybe not sure. top four, but, but these five, six. Higher. Yeah, for I sure. would have put them at six. Yeah, and you know they should have had their name on on the show, like you know on the selection show. Yeah, but because of their conference affiliation, they got shot down. And 2020 was a weird year. I mean, for sure, it was just. Uh, granted 2021 has basically said you know hold my beer and it's trying to challenge 2007 for the weirdest year ever but i mean you know this you know all the ingredients are there to really put something special together yeah and the only question is in 2022 does cincinnati have the 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 pieces to you know replace a desmond ritter who's yeah. been there forever uh, you know, yeah. that, those are questions that are going to have to be answered. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for for this Bearcat team. They're fun to watch. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I'm a student of the game. I just I enjoy it. I, I enjoy watching strong defenses. You know, I, I I played you know football when I was younger. I, before I stopped growing, I played on the offensive line. I played <laughs> linebacker, but I've always had a kind of like a affinity for the defense. So I love seeing defenses that just shut down teams. Yeah. And that's yeah. what Cincinnati does. They they definitely, with that defensive backfield, just completely turn your offensive game plan on its side. It's yeah. fun. It's fun it is. Watch. It is, man. It is crazy. Uh, I greatly appreciate you being open, like like being like open-minded with your responses. Because I, I didn't know what to expect, right? You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> like, because I'm like a person, like I'll call it what it is. Like sometimes you, everybody has their fandom in it, but then like you're, you're giving me very, like well, yeah, you gotta way. be honest. Be honest, like, right? Exactly. That's the thing. Like you have to be honest when you're talking about the team. And I respect. I like wholly respect that about this. This is like probably might be one of my favorite podcasts that I've done. We're not even done yet. Uh, you're um, not. The, you're not the first person to said that about me. But I'll, I I'll, I'll take. I'll pat myself in the appreciate. Back. Yeah, yeah. Deserve that, man. Take a couple <laughs> pats, man. Yeah. But I appreciate that. Um, yeah, this team is is like next year. I was just thinking about this to myself, literally, like the last couple of weeks, and I'm just like. Next year will be the first time they'll have a ton of questions in a long time because they'll yeah, lose so much. They have a lot of NFL talent. They have a lot of people that are borderline NFL talent um, that are going to be gone next year. And it'll be the first year that they'll come into camp, you know, with like, okay, who's going to be this? Who's going to be that? Like where the last couple of years, there might be a couple on the line. It might be a, okay, who's going to be another, who's going to replace this person at a linebacker spot, but it's normally not, everything else is kind of written on the wall, like barring somebody doing something stupid off the, off the field or somebody mm -hmm. catching an injury, you really kind of knew what was going to happen. It was, I mean, they, they definitely have competition, but you knew what was going to happen from the beginning. Right. Um, and with these, with the, you know, these, these smaller schools and grants, yeah. you know, the hope is that changes, yeah. you know, there's always a depth issue. You know, UCF had five players drafted from the 2020, you know, yeah. group in, in the 2021 draft. That's hard to, to recover from. Yeah, uh, it's you know, Cincinnati's looking at one potentially two first rounders. Yeah, uh, that's hard to come back from. Yeah, know, from from a from not a blue blue blood program. Yeah, it's true. 
I so I, you know, I, I'm very well. I'm really interested in seeing how Desmond Ritter ends up with this, yeah. such a soft quarterback class. It was soft going in, and it's yeah. only gotten softer. You know, Powell struggled, Radler struggled, Gabriel's out. I mean, Radler, uh, Rod Rid, um, um, Desmond Ritter is the really <laughs> the last man standing. I mean, you have uh, uh, Willis from from Liberty. Yeah. I feel like him and Willis are the guys personally. But I, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But it's crazy because you would think how was how was the guy everybody was just stroking, you know what I mean, before the season and Rattler. And you see Rattler is not even going to be starting, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's crazy. And I thought, but I thought I was I was on the Rattler hype train. Um, but I've watched him play multiple times and I'm just like, I don't know. Like I feel like he he has the talent, but he forces the big play too much when I see him play. Like he I, he won't he, take the he won't take more yeah. work. Uh, and he's to be the guy sure yeah uh, he has the talent but, but you know it takes you know, most most true and redshirt freshmen don't jump in and immediately light it up yeah uh, he true. had such good talent around him and yeah. we're, we're seeing the sophomore slump now but yeah. he's still he's still young there, there's yeah. time to grow yeah you know, most guys don't have it all put together in the yeah. first two years especially that's, a quarterback that's true that's true and oklahoma's just so Loaded, loaded, <laughs> and they're just a firepower. I mean, like offense is always known for scoring damn near fifty points a game. So then, when you struggle, everybody's gonna look at the quarterback, and they're not gonna let you. At another school, you're probably gonna get to go through those, you know, bruises and bumps. Where at Oklahoma, it's like, dude, you can't score. You gotta, you gotta go out of here. I mean, he's probably not to transfer. Where de- Big Twelve, where defenses go to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. No defense. Why can't Cincinnati have moved this year when they actually had a defense? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I tell people they, they could be, win the Big 12 this year. People looked, people thought I was crazy. I'm like, man, I'm I, telling I, you. I'd, I'd buy that. I was like, they can I'm like they can go and be, win the Pac-12 and Big 12 this year. I didn't know Clemson was going to take that much of a dive. I was like, they can win the, AAC, the ACC this year. I, I, I'd buy that. Yep. I was like, I said that, and people were like, you're just being a homer. I'm like, no, man, I'm telling you. Because I, I covered the Ohio State-UC game, right? Mm-hmm. Saw it live. And I was like, dude, the Buckeyes defense is better than the Bengals defense. And I saw them both the same year. I was like, that was the craziest display of defense I've ever seen. I was like, dude, those dudes were blowing up screenplays, and it was like crazy. Like, it was just next level. Like, I saw it live. I was like, oh, my God. And you know what I mean? Like with this team, I see them and it's like, oh my, it gave me that, oh my God factor. Like, it's like, these guys are pros, you know, it's a lot of pros out there. Um, all right. So I'm going to go, not, not T, but you guys are former, former quarterback, not oh, a quarterback yeah. for you guys. <laughs> I said, I was going to touch it, but Mackenzie right, Milton, I'm, I'm happy he's back playing because he had a catastrophic injury, much props to that young man to be able to play. But he said that Florida state, his new team could beat, UC this year, and yeah. he said the 2017 UCF, and I think Memphis and another team could beat this team. What do you think? Well, I don't think Memphis or South. I think he's probably talking about South Florida because they were ranked. Yeah, South Florida. Yeah, yeah. I don't think either of those two teams would have would have beaten uh, the 2021, the 17 UCF and the 2021 Cincinnati game. I think would have been a good game because um, they're each strong. Where the others, you know, opposite of where the others strong. You know, UCF had a strong offense versus strong defense. Yeah. UCF's defense was was decent. Yeah. And and don't let the scores fool you. Uh, UCF's schedule got turned on its you know on its side because of Hurricane Irma that came through in September, and from September 23rd all the way to December 2nd they never had an off week. 
Mm. So as they'll see, if, if you actually look at their schedules, the season wore on, they started giving up more points. They just yeah. got worn down. Yeah. That's what it came down to. You know, they beat Memphis badly in September and then struggled with them in December. Yeah. The same team. Yeah. So, I mean, they were just, the defense was worn. So uh, a lot of people use, well, look at the scores. Don't look at the scores. You got to look at beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was actually a very talented team. They had, uh, you know, multiple NFL players. Uh, Shaquem Griffin was just an, an absolute monster on the end. And uh, in college, it worked. No one, yeah. could, co- no one could stop him. Yeah, he's a monster. Pass rush. Yeah, for and sure. And the guy had wheels. I mean, he ran with a four, like a four three as a linebacker. Yeah, yeah, he ran something crazy. I remember and that. It's the fastest that they've had in the combine since I think um, in like fifteen years. Oh wow! <laughs> he, he, the guy's got yeah. some wheels. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know the offense: Mackenzie Milton, you know Traquan Smith. Uh, let's see who else. Um, uh, Jordan Akins, you know guys who are in the NFL. Yeah. That that's some talent right there. Uh, you have you know linemen who were just outstanding. You know a very strong running game. I mean, they they had all the pieces. They they were just putting points up left and right. So I mean you, you were kind of hit that in you know unmovable object versus irresistible you know unstoppable force. Yeah. And, and they would have would have hit. And, and I know a lot of fans. You know that gives them something to talk about. Yeah. You're never really going to know how that game's going to turn. No, nah, no. Nah, it's it's, it's all know. speculation. For sure. And for sure. I, I love the, the 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 game simulator that they have out there where you can put like old teams against each other and just see yeah. how it plays out. The only problem is 2021's not on there yet. Season's not over. Yeah, yeah. And here and here's the the honest truth. Florida State would be boat raced by Cincinnati if they I, played right now. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be close. I no, know. it wouldn't be. Is Florida State getting better? Yes. Oh, yeah, Travis sure. has kind of figured himself out. They're getting yeah. better. There's there's no competition here. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why Mackenzie Milton's not on the field. It's because yeah. Jordan Travis has, has figured it out. Yeah. But Milton had his, his comeback. He had his Alex Smith moment where yeah. he defied all odds and came back, had an outstanding day against Notre Dame, came up just short. Yeah. And, and you know what? He's got nothing more to prove on the fields, you know, I, I see him moving on the coaching, but I mean, this is just stoking the fires. I mean, the, yeah. I don't think the Bearcats need any bulletin board material. I, I think this game's going to be rough enough, yeah. but <laughs> this is just, you know, guys being fans and, and wearing their, their rose color goggles. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's crazy because he's not even playing for UCF. It's like, dang, you putting even more a little gas on there. Not anymore. Well, I, mean, he, he, I mean, he's definitely a UCF guy through and through UCF for sure. Guy and, through and through. You know, he so left, I can't knock that. He left because uh, he didn't want to compete against Dylan Gabriel. Um, yeah. It's his close friend and didn't want to stymie Gabriel's career. Yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah. He wanted one more chance at, at, at one last hoorah. Yeah. So Florida State was an opportunity which shocked everyone because Florida State had no offensive line. It True. was basic patchwork. <laughs> but they're, they're starting to come together too. You know, yeah. Slowly. Uh, it just it just takes time, you know. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, Mike Norvell, I know, is uh, a little bit, you know, people have some questions about his play <laughs> calling, but I, this is a, it's it takes time. Yeah, you know, they, for sure. That team was left in shambles, just absolute yeah. shambles. Yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't regrow there. overnight. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely doesn't. So that. That's it, but I got one more question. All right. Sure. So hypothetically, this one is gonna catch you off guard. I just thought about this one like literally right now. 
All right, right. Go for it. Okay. Give me, give me your best shot. So, all right. George O'Leary, he was there 10 years. Do you ever like just wish uh, Frost would have stayed? Uh, you know, there's been a lot of what ifs on that. And the problem with, with, with judging Frost is he wasn't there long enough to, you know, he won with O'Leary's players. That's that, that was, I was, that's what I was telling uh, people. Outside when I was, of like yeah. Adrian Killens and Mackenzie Milton and a few others, most of those guys, Akins, Griffin, Traquan Smith, those are all O'Leary guys. Yeah, so he yeah. wasn't there long enough to really establish himself. In fact, he didn't want Nebraska to hire him at the time uh, until uh, Tom Osborne kind of got into his ear uh, because there just wasn't enough track record there. And, yeah. and he struggled as a result. You know, now on the flip side, Josh Heupel, we've seen the product decrease. And his 2018 class was a dud. And we're <laughs> actually seeing the fallout of it now. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, Malzahn had to bring in transfers. And the best two transfers he brought in on the defensive side of the ball are the best two defenders on the team. Wow. Bryson Armstrong, a a linebacker, came from Kennesaw State. He is a pure tackling machine, multi-time Big South Defensive Player of the Year. And then Big Cat Bryant, uh, who came from Auburn, uh, was – I think it was all SEC, one of the one of the squads, maybe second squad last okay. year. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, those are basically your two best guys on on defense. And you, you throw in the holdover and Tatum Bethune, the linebacker. Uh, that's never a good sign when you when you're your your transfers, you know, Isaiah Bowser at running back. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately yeah. he's been out, but Mark Anthony Richards, who came from Auburn, is starting to rise up. He's been dealing with injuries. He was the one who scored the winning touchdown last week against East Carolina. Okay. May see more of him. And he may be able to make up for some of that Bowser loss. Yeah. Uh, Cause he can, he can, he's got speed. He's got some power. Uh, don't know how it's all going to work out. Uh, <laughs> he still have seen limited action, but I think you may see a little bit more coming up, but uh, I, I, I kind of have to punt on, on frost. He just, he just, he didn't beat, he wasn't there long enough and he largely had other, you know, O'Leary players. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good perspective because I, I thought I always thought that too. I thought he was in and out so fast he didn't really get to put his you imprint with his players. Yeah, because he went two right because he because because he, he had the the one year where they were real bad and the next year they went undefeated. They weren't right? bad at all. <laughs> yeah, because they went because they went there were they were defeated and then he, next year he went undefeated well, right or without another gap winless in twenty fifteen. Then he went like six and seven. He went like six, and, six seven. and seven. And then the then the boom. Yeah. Okay, and okay. the thing about the 0 and 12 year, uh, it's the most talented 0 and 12 team you'll ever find. Most mm. talented, bar none. Really? Uh, George O'Leary wanted to retire after winning the Fiesta Bowl in the 2013 season. He was convinced to stick around. Uh, he ended up becoming interim athletic director and it just the wheels kind of fell off. Uh, he, he basically kind of was told, walk away. They, the coach in waiting, they were told, okay, we'll pay you to walk away. And, yeah. and they, with the new athletic director, they just wiped the state clean. But the players gave up mm. when they, they were talented. We saw yeah. that when Frost came in and, and kind of reinvigorated the program, undefeated yeah. in two seasons. Yeah, true. It's pretty fast. So, all right, now the hard thing is, all right, I want who a prediction. <laughs> nope, who you got? And do you have a score prediction for Saturday? So well, ABC. 
It's on ABC. It's on <laughs> noon. There is no excuse why anyone who cannot be at the game should not be watching the game. I know yes, I'll be watching definitely. down here, down here south of Tampa. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't expect this to be a very close game. UCF's coming in battered and bruised, and this is a, a Cincinnati team that wants to to put some revenge for the seventeen and eighteen yes. humiliations that they yeah. suffered. And they're rough. They don't. <laughs> they're rough. The players still on the team, and they don't forget. And now nope. those guys are seniors, and they're on the field, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, I, I remember what you did to us the last time." <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And while eighteen, or while nineteen and twenty were close, uh, I don't expect this to be a very close game. Uh, last time I checked, at least for my my pick'em league, <laughs> uh, this was a twenty and a half point spread. I expect Cincinnati to cover it. Uh, I think it's going to be maybe like 38-13. Uh, it's, it's not going to be 52, three, but this is an offense that, that is still trying to figure itself out with the true freshman, the quarterback that's still learning the speed and the nuances of, of the college game. Yeah. And, and this is just the wrong opponent to go against. And UCF's going to, UCF's going to making sure that they're ready more for next week's game against Memphis. That's mm. a winnable game. Everyone knows going to, this, this is not a game that they expect to win. So mm. guys who maybe. uh, uh, 50 50 on whether they play probably not going to mm. and save them for the the friday night game against memphis because it's only a six-day rest ah yeah quick turnaround you know you guys had a friday mm-hmm. it's coming off a of friday one so we got the extra day you know, so, so I, don't, right. I don't think it's going to be a, a close game but i don't think i i, I think Cincinnati's going to cover but i don't think it's going to be 52-3 all right we'll see 52 3. So that's that's the no, that's, that's no. temple game. That's temple no, game. I, think, I know. I know. I think it's gonna be like 38 13. I think okay. That's fair. That's fair. I think I think they get to the 40s, though. I think it's gonna be one of those 40 low 40s, mid 40 games for that. I just think that if they get the rolling, especially with the injuries, I just feel like they're gonna definitely try to if if Ritter doesn't score enough touchdowns early. Because the Heisman race, I feel like it's gonna. I think they're gonna get a couple of salt ones where everybody's kind of kind of feel a little iffy about it. But <laughs> they got they got to have some style points, man. Well, <laughs> if they want the to make thing it at the keep end. In mind is they need to keep winning big to have stay to. ahead on because uh, even though the CFP committee hasn't come out with rankings yet, they're watching. Oh, for sure, and, man. And Cincinnati's got to win these games big. They got to have style points, huge, man. I mean, Bama loses and they only dropped. A, they lose to an unranked team. SEC team, whatever, but they only dropped four spots and they lost to a team they were it was supposed to be 18 and a half point under underdog. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they only dropped four loses, spots down to like 10. Yeah, <laughs> maybe even 12. Like they lose right now, they're like 12, like just because like unranked or uh, they'll whatever. put them exactly one spot below Coastal Carolina. Yep, and just keep them in front of there, like right there. And that's that's your thing. They they get Bama's right outside the top four. Like, I, I mean, I thought they were get. I mean, I knew they were going to get the love because they're Bama, but I told people they were beatable this year and it happened. I think they the still can lose again. Is real. It's super real, but I thought they would be, I mean, a fair, in a fair world, they should have been seven, eight in that range. Mm-hmm. I, in a fair world, fair world, but we know that doesn't happen. I mean, even when Ohio State lost, when they like three, they went to like 12. I didn't go that far. Um, I thought they were like, they were like nine, nine, ten. I think they, I think they stay in the top ten, but, but they were like they got pushed back, back. You know, what I mean, you know, and Oregon I mean, was Oregon's top. good. Oregon's <laughs> legit, right? So it's like they're better in Texas and the rest of the conference sure isn't. But yeah, yeah, Oregon's that good. that yeah, but Oregon's <laughs> legit though. All right, so <laughs> I appreciate you, Andrew. Man, it's been a pleasure. 
um, we'll have to get you on again, maybe for basketball or something. We'll we'll uh, chop it up again and see, see what's, what's going on. But let all the Bearcat Nation know where they can find your stuff. If they want to have with you or read your work. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, I welcome any and all uh, on Twitter. I, I have fun interacting with people, even if they if they're talking smack. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Statboy Drew. Uh, you know, UCF underscore banneret is the Twitter for the black and gold banneret, black and gold banneret.com. Uh, I'll be writing uh, what I call my knee jerk reactions, which is kind of like a somewhere between a recap and a, an analysis piece. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I'm expecting this one not to be pretty, but, you know, you, you've got it. You've got to look at it you know, with an honest take. If, if it sucks, it sucks. If it's great, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if anyone wants to check it out, go right ahead. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to this game Saturday. Yeah, same, man. Well, make guys, make sure you check out my man, Andrew. Um, real good podcast. So check this podcast out. It'll be out tomorrow. All right. So this is the last, well, I guess this is episode eight of season two. And it's coming down to the end. So thank you, Bearcat Nation. I'm JT Smith. I'm signing out.